it's 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 been uh, a hot minute. Uh, I think the last time we released one of these was in 2021, maybe. Seriously, 22. it's it's been it was... a long time. Yeah, it was. But uh, yeah, welcome welcome to the Team GPT podcast. I am your host Syed with my good friends Ryan and Brian. Uh, we are are back, and we're actually gonna try to uh, liven things back up again. I don't have the vigor I once was during these intros, but uh, I'll try my best. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been a while since we've done one of these. So, as always, at the top, right? This oh podcast God. is this podcast is sponsored by Gleason Performance Training. Gleason Performance and Training. Achieve your dreams. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's all we got. That's all we got. Work in progress. Is that, is that the new slogan? Achieve your dreams? No, Achieve it's your definitely dr- 100% not. Well, okay. We're, wow, yeah, we'll, we'll work on that. Episode 33, three years ago. I feel like it has not been that long since it was recorded. It has been. I mean... Th- a lot has happened in that time in, in three years. People. Uh, That's what happens. <laughs> a lot, a lot of things happened three years, three years ago. Uh, you know, people were working out from home for no other reason other than just pure passion. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the sport of powerlifting generally has changed, at least from a someone who hasn't competed since the last time we did a podcast. Um, And I just kind of wanted to, as we're getting back into it, talk about what we've seen in the past couple of years and how powerlifting has changed and what you guys are currently seeing in the powerlifting community and what caveat or, you know, in addition to that sort of what you expect the world of powerlifting to continue growing towards in the next couple of years. Um, I don't know how much it's changed in that time frame because apparently I'm old and I just think everything's um, not that long ago. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I was talking to a couple people about this today, actually. Like, social media is going to be that the biggest driver. Like, the sport um, has been draw- just growing at like an exponential rate. Um, I'm actually trying to, like, the reason I'm not looking at the camera because I'm looking above and trying to figure out like some actual numbers um on my computer but um i know like usa powerlifting which is primarily what we're involved in um again the rate has just been really kind of wild on the growth um and i think a lot of that is due to people seeing on social media and having a little bit better idea of like what's going on is Um, powerlifting still like the fastest growing sport so far well, I don't, I don't know about that, but I know, like, so I have the membership numbers right now from November. I don't have them for December yet. Um, November of 2022, uh, USAPL had 25,737 members. November of 2023, we had 32,971. Um, so, I mean, an extra uh, 5,000 and change member, 7,000 and change. Sorry, I read that backwards. So 7,000 and change members um in year in one year um and i'm gonna assume that most of those are probably new um we're we at the end of november we were still five thousand ahead of the 
the full membership of last year. Um, and like I said that's not that's without the November numbers, uh, without December numbers. So it's probably even higher than that. Um, so I think you know we see the sport growing quickly. A lot of new people, uh, a lot of younger people, which is great. I think the negative of it is, uh, I was talking to someone else about this, is that it seems like um, in USAPL, a large percentage of that membership never actually competes. Um, now, that's fine. I think that's that's someone like me. Um, I'm a coach. I'm a state chair. I'm a ref. I do all these things, but I'm not actually competing. So um, some people argue that, that membership-wise, that's a little bit different. I don't really care. Um, but I think the bigger issue is more like, something like 60 to 70% of lifters are doing one meet and not competing again in the near future. Um, that mean being within like at least a year, if not longer, um, meaning that they're trying the sport and leaving um, or at least not competing in it. So I think the bigger question going forward is not so much how much change, but how do we change it to keep people going? Um, as I've been coaching people that have now been competing for 10 years Um and there's people that have obviously competing way longer than that. We've got members that are competing 40 years. Um, so it's how do we keep them in, in the sport longer and keep doing it and grow through it. And I think that's a big thing. I, th I think with a lot of the, the new stuff, like you said, it's almost uh, breeding this quicker in and out of the sport um, mentality than, than staying in it longer. Um, so I think it's more about kind of like fixing that. Um, I'm rambling. Brian, go. I mean, I, 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 I can see it from that perspective, but at the same time, like every meet uh, is selling out. I mean, all, all our meets are selling out pretty quickly. Uh, they just announced to sign up for nationals and last year it sold out in like a day. Like I think the biggest problem for people that are still uh, consistently competing is like signing up on time and uh, getting into meets, which is a, a good problem. Um, so I guess if from, a different perspective of that I think it seems like it's bigger than it's been. Um, that also could just be us coming back from ultimately, you know, kind of struggling to keep up. But to my knowledge, it's also increasing like participation wise, but also becoming a lot more competitive over time. Like, so mm -hmm. people are joining the sport that are actually like super strong not that everyone is as strong but as people come to the sport more people who are very strong enter the sport more and thus making the ability to qualify for a lot of these events much more difficult so i think um it's interesting to see how i guess how how would you interpret that in terms of are people so focused on pushing the numbers for competing so much higher that that's what causes the burnout? Is it a chicken or the egg thing? Is it just sort of whatever? Uh, I mean, um, go ahead. I, I think, uh, I think it was, um, there was a while where I think there hasn't really, it's slowly becoming uh, uh, the pattern. It should be where you, you, you know, have to qualify for, um at tiers like we just started uh putting in you know for this year our state champs you have to have a qualifying total um or dots qualifying dots so i think it's slowly becoming it where it's like every normal sport where you have tiers where um there's local meets there's state champs there's regionals there's nationals there's international meets um i think people are uh continuously as the sport grows people come out of the woodwork 
uh, people that wouldn't, you know, haven't heard of this word before, uh, or now that it's where it's bigger can jump into it that wouldn't. So the pool, the talent pool is, is way bigger. Yeah. But I feel yeah. like I've been saying that forever. It's just like, there's always some teenager who's like so much stronger than me. So I've been upset for a decade now. So I don't know. You've gotten used to it. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool with it. No, I mean like, like I'm, again, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to actually do like, look up some of these things. So I, I think of the first national championship that I coached at for USAPL was 2011. So I've been saying I've been doing this for about 10 years. I was wrong. It's now going to be 13. Um, but that year, um, I'm trying to look. So my my lift of that year that I, I coached a few people, but in particular, Carl LaRover Jr. Carl uh, was third in the 110 class that year, um, and he totaled 717.5 kilos. Um, and that was, like I said, that was third in the country. So – we were talking about how much it's how much more competitive it's gotten and how and how the we're we're starting to have this like actual breakdown of how to do like kind of get in the sport. So something like we ran our first rookie meet last year where it was literally just for first time lifters. Um and that was great because we spent a little bit more time on trying to get them to understand what's going on. Um and to to not have to worry about um, competing so much is just kind of going out there and, and, and being a part of the sport for the first time. And then uh, like Brian said, so this year, our state championship meet, we did put a dots qualifier on it. Um, we set it fairly high with the intention of making it a true like state championship meet where only um, the best people will, will, um, will qualify for it. Um, so we wanted to make it difficult. So now like we've got all of our local meets throughout the year where everyone can do them. Um, but then, like I said, now, now you've kind of got like that stepping stone of where you can be. So now that I finally have the numbers up. So Carl, like I said, in 2011 was third in the country, his total that this year would have placed him 211. Um, and that's just one weight class. That's just the 110 guys. Um, that class that year, like I said, he came in third with a 717 total. Uh, this year, Ashton Ruska won that class with a 968 total. Um, that's wild. Like the sport's gotten so much stronger, just wild, um, which is great. Um, but it's, it, it like, uh, it, it does lead to those problems of how do we kind of manage everything? Um, because people want to compete. And I think the problem is they, they kind of get into a meet where they, they think they're going to compete and then they get beat by 150 kilos. And it's not, um, it's not as fun if you're just getting blasted. Um, Cause even though we try to tell people like, you know, you're competing against yourself, you're trying to better your own numbers. You, it is still a sport where you're competing against each other. Um, so you'd like to do well, you'd like to try to win. Um, and if you're just going to get, annihilated then it's kind of like well what am i doing here and i think having the levels for that is an important thing um you know years ago uh to qualify for nationals you just had to have done a meet as long as you did a meet and totaled 75 kilos you could go to nationals um 
now the qualifying totals are to the point where a lot of people that have gone to nationals on multiple occasions can no longer make it, um, which is good. It's a good problem. Um, but we need to kind of focus that on the way down too. of like, how do we get some of those people that are maybe one step below to have like a level meet for them where maybe they can compete um, and then have another step down, another step down to, you know, maybe it works, you know, maybe there's four or five levels. Um, so everyone has a, has a true competition and not just doing it for the sake of doing it. Um, I think that's a lot, you know, like it's, there's a lot involved with that. So that's going to be tough. Um, but also I think just like the, like Brian said, like our meets are selling out, which is great, but it's also just the change in meets. Um, the quality of meets is a lot different. Um, I, I mean, I don't think there was a live stream nationals until maybe four or five years ago. And now we live stream all of our meets and I'm, you know, just bought a third camera and we're doing all this stuff and trying to do more. So that's, it's good because it gets the sport out to more people, but it's also changing it because now meet directors have to do even more and more. And, you know, I saw one today that was like ban video walls in 2024 because it takes away from the, the lift itself. And uh, I personally agree with that. I don't think it's cool. I think it, I think it might look cool for a second, but it then takes away from the actual, event yeah. um as a baseball player if there was a video wall behind the back i'd be very pissed off um i don't know why it's okay for us um so that's a little bit you know that that's i think that draws some people in because it looks cool but i think it also has a big change on how everything is kind of done um and i'm not sure not sure which way we go from there on a uh on a more i guess at a director level for you having to always step up your game in terms of meat quality. Does that ever, was there ever a point where you feel discouraged? I'm like, wow, I really don't want to do a meet because it's just now you have to keep going higher and higher. And I'm assuming as more people compete, they're going to be competing with a lot of these amenities and then they'll end up going to a meet where, Oh, they don't have this many amenities. So I, like it turns them off from the sport. I'm wondering how, mm-hmm. how, so I, I, I don't think that – I don't ever feel like I don't want to run a meet. I just – there are many a t- many times where I'm like, man, I got to learn something new or I got to buy something new. Um, like, you know, since you ran it last time for us, we had a two-camera setup. That was the fir- We've been live streaming now for probably a couple of years, but very simple, you know, as easy as possible. Now we had – we added a two-camera setup, um, and we tried that out where you were flipping back and forth. The plan going forward, like I said, I got a third camera, so now the goal is to try to do – a backroom camera, a platform camera, um, like an on-deck camera, um, a commentary camera, which we need to figure out commentary. So, I mean, I you went from having – being able to run a meet pretty easily with, you know, some equipment and some staff, and now we've added multiple staff. We've added a lot of equipment. You know, luckily, because I have my own place, it's just easy to kind of set up. But if you're traveling, if you're a meet director that goes places – it's a lot of extra stuff. Um, I literally just got back home about an hour ago because I went out and bought five new um, 50-inch TVs to replace some of the smaller TVs that I have in the gym for meets. Um, you know, I the first meets we that I was around, I, there were no TVs. There weren't even computers. It was just all cards, all written. So now it's like it's a, the fact that I'm going to have somewhere between five and nine TV set up in the gym to run a meet and we're running, I don't know, four or five computers and 
three to four cameras. It's a lot. It's, it's all stuff that has no direct effect on the meat. Right. It's It's not like we're getting, right. It's not like we're getting different equipment. It's like, we have all of our equipment. It's good equipment. We've been using the same stuff for years. Um, we have the same spotting crew. We have the same judges. Like everyone, like, like meat wise, everything is running more smoothly than it used to, but it's the same thing. It's all the background stuff that tries to grow the meat bigger. That's what's going on. Um, you know, having um, photographers and videographers coming through at local meets. Um, you know, the first time they did that at nationals, I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. But like, I wasn't that worried about it. And now it's like, wow, we're trying to do this at local meets so people can get footage. And then we had to put in media passes because we had so many people in the back room that were filming that we were getting in the way of lifters. So it's, it's, it's things that like, I never thought we were going to have to worry about that. I'm probably thinking more about now than I am about the actual lifting, which there's times where that drives me nuts. Um, and there's times where it's kind of cool because like, then you can see yourself on the TV and you know, your friends that can't make it can watch it. So that's kind of cool. Um, you know, I've talked to people about maybe doing a bare bones meet where none of that happens. We just go back to basics and like run a meet, um, charge a little bit less money, charge less money, no lights, no camera, like just nothing. But the negative is like, are we going to get less people? Um, as Brian said, like we're selling out every meet. So it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that stuff, like there's, there's a difference between stuff that creates a better lifter experience there's stuff that makes the meats run smoother for the lifter and the people running it um and then there's just fucking wild shit like that doesn't need to happen i don't i don't know when like i think it's slowly and i've been to a few meets uh with this that like i wonder if people were hoping to go to like an 80s hair metal show or like a powerlifting meet and i think it it's cool and like we're maybe straddling the line as a sport where it's like, are we wrestling? Or are we powerlifting? Which is, it's cool. Like I Sports you know, entertainment. Right. <laughs> are, are we in entertainment? Sport? But it's, it's, I don't know. I've been to meets with pyrotechnics and uh, red carpets. And I uh, think that's fucking stupid. But lifters like it. So I, you know, it's hard for me to be like, I would hate to lift on that. I still really enjoy, like, I still love local meets. Maybe I compare it to, like, music. I love shows where I'm in the same room with the band and they're right in front of me compared to, like, looking up at a huge stage with lights and pyrotechnics and shit. There's stuff where that's fun and that's warranted, uh, but I still think that that should be, like, reserved for maybe, like, the national meets or, like, every now and then compared to, like, is the standard now that we have... I don't know, just like wild productions. Right. And who is that for? Is that for people who are live streaming, for Lifter? What, where are we going with that, I guess? So if it makes you feel better, Brian, I do have a red carpet in my Amazon cart ready to be purchased. Oh, I just haven't done it yet. Yeah. And I'm, not, and, I'm not, and I'm not kidding. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, like a lot of us talk about things. I, I think even though the sport is growing fast, it's still a tiny sport. Like I said, USA Powerlifting, I know we're not the only federation, there's more, but to have 33,000 plus members, like, that's a really small sport when you think about it, like, actual numbers-wise. 
Like if you, I'm, I don't know, I'm looking up, trying to look up some numbers. I like, also it think just, it's a, it's a, it's a sport that I think the a the reason probably why we're so engrossed in it is we're we live in an echo chamber with our old yeah. biases, and then um, on top of that, I think it might be one of the few sports that it's so adjacent to be a professional into it. Like you're not, not a lot of other sports have such a low barrier to entry that you're in it. And then you're competing with like people around the country, yeah. you know, versus right. at like tennis or basketball, you have to go through tournaments. You have to, you know, be at different levels before even meeting someone right. from a different state. Yeah. So I think this, that's also probably one of the appeals. And I think that's why people want to get, sort of the the feeling of like oh i am a professional athlete even though you know i mean they they are no they they're professional athletes they they commit time and effort to doing this but it's also a very small sport that like has their extremes and i feel like one of the things that at least i mean the goal for me is hopefully i want to compete again soon but i'm also scared that you put on this huge show with cameras and pyrotechnics and red carpets and i go out there and i'm like wow this guy sucks but you look really cool though. <laughs> i'll look amazing yeah. but wow this guy is terrible why is he yeah. even here that's yeah, all right and, and I think that's, that's like the weird yeah. that's a weird thing of like i think i just looked it up like so 13 million people played soccer at least once in the u.s last year like we're a, we're a joke. We're 33,000 people to 13 million. Like it's kind of a joke. Um, but we can do these things. These, we have the ability to, to do these things now, like, and fairly easily. I mean, I'll be honest, like I didn't know what I was doing, but like setting up the two, the two cameras wasn't the end of the world. Um, and now that we know how to do two, we can do four or five, like almost as simply, and we can up to production value a ton. And I think if you think about sp- all kind of sports. Like if we want to grow the sport, or if this is, if we're in this sport, we have to grow it. And if we want to grow, it, we have to do these things that are going to want people to do it. And if you look at other sports, like, you know, like Brian said, wrestling, but wrestling was all over the country before, you know, WWE, you know, as WWF and like really, and like blew it up on TV, it was all over the place, but it was in like, it was in little places in like little towns and like, and, and some people would go watch it. And it wasn't a thing. And now it's this massive thing that everyone watches. And same thing with other sports. Like, yeah, you would go to the game, but like, it wasn't, it wasn't like the, you know, the Super Bowl where billions of people are watching or the world cup where billions of people are watching because like you, you can now. So that's one of the ways to, like, I said, like to the world cup, I've never been into soccer. I watched the world cup a few years ago. I am in now and I watch soccer. Like I wake up on Saturday mornings, put soccer on TV. Um, if it, if I didn't see the world cup on TV, there's no way this would be happening. Um, so my thought is like with the, with, with all this extra stuff that we're doing, you know, we film a meet, we throw it on Instagram, it's on Facebook, it's on YouTube. Um, maybe someone will see it and it's like, well, I've been going to the gym. That looks kind of cool. Maybe I'll try it. Um, so, so yeah, so, I've kind of changed my mind on a lot of that stuff. I don't necessarily love, love all of it. And I think having a stepping stone, I've literally written up a plan for stepping stone meets where it'd be like rookie meet, local, state, regional, thing like that. But I'm not sure anymore if doing like, just because it's a rookie meet means we don't treat it like a bigger meet. I think you can still put all the production value in 
and let them have just as great a time as they would at a bigger meet. So hopefully they'll come back. I think if we do this bare bones meet and they're like, well, why did I get that? And they got that. It's like, just because they're better than me. And I'm like, and they're not wrong because it's not professional sports. It's not the NBA where those guys are on TV, but the G league's not like we can, we have the ability to put all these on. So I don't know. I kind of like, I've, I think I've kind of changed my mind on that, but probably because I'm doing it now every seven weeks. Um, but I mean, like I've been running meets for, well, I mean, going to meets for 13 or 14, and I've been running them for at least a decade. Like they're way bigger now than they were before. I mean, Brian knows the first meet we did in Connecticut, like he competed. I think we had seven lifters. Yeah. We had more staff there than lifters. And now we have a meet next weekend with 70 and we already have a meet in March with 60. And then we have a meet in May with uh, that's already at like 35. And I'm going to add some more meets and I'm sure we're going to sell those out too. So like, that's cool. Like, that's a good thing. It's a good problem. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like it just, I think we need to figure out the best way for everyone to kind of understand like what the sport is and that it's, that the the show is not the main thing. It's the it's it's just an an add on. The main thing is still lifting weights, you know, competing with yourself, competing with you know against people, and then getting to be on YouTube is like a bonus. So like, but going back to that point, like you referencing the World Cup, like you watch it and you're in. Are there fans of powerlifting that aren't powerlifters? Like I I don't. I don't know. I think I always see this argument like we need to like get professional powerlifters to, you know, get paid be professionals. And I've always pushed back on that. It's like we're not, you know, no one's going to be Lionel Messi. Like no one's going to no powerlifter is going to transcend it and like have fans uh, where like they watch it and like, wow, I'm a fan of this sport, but I'm never going to fucking do it like that to me in powerlifting. Fans of powerlifting are powerlifters. So it's different from no, like. I, I compared to like growing it as competitors but i think like so i had someone reach out um for the for the meet coming up and it just didn't work out um schedule wise but his nephew was visiting from california into connecticut and they saw the meet was available and he's like oh i want you know can my nephew jump in i said you know we're we're book solid right now it's closed up um and i explained to him like he didn't he's like i don't know even know anything about powerlifting but he wanted to come watch because of his nephew. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing of like, you know, maybe then his nephew will get him into it. Right. Maybe not. But like, right. I think you have to have an interested fan to maybe become a lifter at some point anyway. Like in the best way to get them interested is just to have them see it. So like I said, if, if it's all over social media, um, you're more likely to see it. I mean, you know, we look at the gym now, like, when I started coaching, I coached a few powerlifters and primarily athletes. And now we have a ton of powerlifters in the gym. Um, and that would not have happened 13 years ago because they didn't know about it. You know, I remember going to meets like that were 12 people in the audience and 15 people lifting. And that was it. And now, like you said, you look at our meets and next weekend, we'll have 70 lifters. We'll probably have well over a hundred spectators We'll get a few views on YouTube, not a ton, but like at the end of the day, we're going to have like probably close to 400 people that saw that meet happen, which is 375 more than it would have been 10 years ago. 
Right. Um, so I think it's a start. Whether or not they actually end up doing a meet or not, it's a start. At least maybe they reach, you know, and maybe they are interested. Maybe they're not. Um, but at least, but you know, it's something. It's a new experience for them, and maybe they'll mention it to someone else, and someone else will be like, oh, "I didn't know about that." And maybe they'll find it cool. So I think it is what it is. Like you can't, you're not going to do something if you don't know about it. So us getting it out there is in whatever way I think is fine. Yeah. It's just, it just, it just that we're old and it, it's not the same. I mean, do you, do you ever have conversations with ex competitors that are like, yeah, I don't compete anymore, but I go watch powerlifting meets. I feel like that that's a small population. I don't think that exists. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I mean, unless it's like, well, so that kind of leads into like, so like if someone was a member of our gym, are like and that exists where there's friends of our you know people that are still trained but aren't competitive powerlifters and they're like hey i'll come by and watch my former teammate or like someone i see at the gym go lift that exists like that that at a local so to me i always get annoyed when people are like we need these professional athletes we need to build up these people and pay them all this money and that's cool but that's not what grows the sport because they're not going to generate fans that aren't powerlifters the local meets generates fans like yeah. that generates to, to me the growth of like growing powerlifting is locally. Uh, meets that people can go and find out about the sport. Meets that like people do go support people because they know them. And maybe like for lack of like you know you, someone tuning in to watch soccer on TV, uh, there's no comparison to that. So at the local level, it's just you turning on the live stream and watching your friend or someone you know compete or going to the meet that you know you wouldn't compete at, but you go support someone else. But um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm sure there's some people that watch powerlifting um, that aren't competing. They just watch it. Um, it's not something that like it's not necessarily the world I live in. So I don't know in that regard. But like you said, like there's a lot of people that show up to meets that either used to compete or do not compete. And they're there to see their friends and family. And I still think that's fine because it's like I said, those are those people that go back to work and be like, oh, you know, I watched so and so squat this is weekend. And you're just spreading the word. So I'm not like, I'm, I don't know. I'm not worried about like, is someone sitting at home on a Friday night watching, you know, Friday night powerlifting? Um, you know, if they're showing up, for, if they're showing up for the meets, I think that's good. Um, and like I said, if they're watching it on YouTube, I think like, like that means they're, they, they literally took the time to even, to even look at it. We're like, they didn't have to at all because like, if you're there, you're probably there for somebody. But like, if, if you actually watch it on YouTube, you can just lie to someone and be like, "No, I watched it, man," and then you didn't watch it. <laughs> you know, like, so I, those people are actually putting the time in. Um, like again, I'm, I brought up my YouTube page right now just to look, and like, we had one meet that had 450 views. Um, I'm trying to see if I can. I have no idea what I'm doing on here. So this is like exponentially hard for me. But um, I mean, 450 views, like I'm, I think that's pretty cool that 450 people are like, let me go watch a power to me online. Um, that seems both ridiculous and super cool at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I think, like I said, like that's something that needs to be done. Um, you know, some of them don't have nearly as many views. Um, but like, let me try to bring up like the prime time that we did in states last year. Um, 
you'd figure that one probably had one of the bigger viewing sessions. Um, you guys can keep talking while I look, so it's not just like we're sounding silly. Um, well, I mean, the I have just sort of like, I mean, in terms of yeah, like our, what so we're our, our state champ. Our state championship meet last year, session two, which was the bigger session, had 843 views. A local meet in Connecticut had almost a thousand people online watch it. And I know at that meet, we had another couple hundred people. So over a thousand people watched our little Connecticut state meet. Like, I know I'm, I'm, I've changed my mind on a lot of stuff, but that's pretty cool that a thousand people watched our little meet. Yeah. And for me, at least, it's something that, like, it's kind of cool because, like, I helped put this thing on that a thousand people hopefully found some joy in watching. Exactly. Um, Meets are sponsored by Gleason Forbes Trading. Achieve your dreams. (laughs) I don't don't know where that came from. Um, You got to achieve your dreams. And I think sometimes like, you know, it's like, I, I mean, I like I know I complain about some of these things, and like I don't necessarily want to do them, but I also know like if it's going to bring more people in, it's just beneficial to everybody. If I put on a red carpet and ten more people sign up, like that's ten more people to do the meet. That's ten new members. That's ten new opportunities as a coach to get new to get new people. It's ten new opportunities for a photographer to be able to shoot. Like it's it's building so many different levels of it that like I don't. I don't know. I change my mind a lot. Again, I'm old, maybe, but like, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's fine now. I used to complain more now. I'm like, let's do it. Like, I looked at getting like the movie, the like the old school, like movie uh, stanchions where you have like the, the rope going across and like, so people like have that, like that blockade and the red carpet. And we did the lights last meet, which I don't know how I did with that, but like it came, it came out okay. I, I don't know. I think it's cool. So let's let's say that there was a person comes to the our Gleason Performance Training Meet, Gleason Performance Training, Achieve Your Dreams. They come to one of our meets. They (laughs) they they see they see this amazing powerlifting meet. They're like, wow, they do such a great job. I want to start powerlifting. With the way powerlifting is today, how would you sort of what advice would you give someone trying to approach the sport now? Uh, probably the same thing I've always said. Just jump in. Yeah. Um, it's, I think too many people are like, when I hit this total or when I squat this much weight or when I can win this meet or whatever, just do it. Because like we, we've had meets where best lifter was a 407 dots. We've had best lifter where the, where it was a 510 dots. Like, you don't know who's going to show up meet to meet, so you can't – like, competition gets a little bit weird, um, and you never know what's going to happen on meet day. Like, you might have a great day and hit some new number. You might have a terrible day and hit a bad number. But, like, you're still going out there and testing yourself and seeing what you're capable of and committing to something that you that you signed up for that it's – you know, you're making that commitment with yourself uh, to actually go do this because it's a little scary to get up on the platform in a singlet and have a 1,000 people watch you maybe lift a weight and maybe eat shit. Um, but just do it. Uh, like the the worst that's going to happen is you have a you have a day that you don't want, and then you learn from it, and you can get better. Um, the problem is, like I said, if you have a bad experience, I think that's where it comes down to is like making sure these lifters, especially the first time lifters, have a good experience. Maybe then they don't come back. 
but if we can have a good experience where they, you know, they, that they enjoy being at the meet, they had a good meet, then maybe they'll come back for, a, you know, another one and hopefully keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I think if they, I mean, I know you said there's a lot of people that, you know, do this, try the sport once and then they're done. And I wonder how much of that is due to the lifter experience of the meet. And, you know, how much, how much of that was like, man, the meet, the meat wasn't run well or, or some other factor turned them off from it. But the fact that the level of uh, meat directors and, and how well meats are run now with, with just how much advanced technology and how much people are putting into it, how much is that going to change? Because people just enjoy it and like, just enjoy the sport that level. If you are going to do a meet, do one at Gleason Performance Training, Gleason Performance Training, Achieve Dreams.